We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. First, Bette Midler comes out and says that she recommends all women go on a sex strike in response to the Texas heartbeat bill. And now Joy Behar comes out and says that unvaccinated COVID patients don't deserve medical help because of their life choices. These people are stunningly stupid. I'll talk about this and more on today's Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. As I said in the introduction, I want to talk about Joy Behar's incredibly stupid statement where she is actually saying that unvaccinated people, people who have chosen not to get the COVID vaccine, people like me who have had COVID and have natural immunity and therefore have chosen not to allow anyone to put a drug in my body that I don't need and I don't want. People like me who have what science has proven over the decades, if not the centuries, to be the most effective way, the most effective thing to fight against a pathogen, a virus, something that could compromise your health. The most effective thing known to man to fight against that is natural immunity. I'm not speaking against vaccines. I'll say it again. Up until five seconds ago, in terms of medical history, the medical establishment, science has understood that natural immunity as well as vaccines and other drugs work in partnership on the same team, fighting against the same opponent and working toward the same goal and the same ends. We've always understood that, that you have a regimen of vaccines and other medical treatment, as well as the understanding of natural immunity, and you consider all of these things together as you work to fight against a pandemic and reduce it from pandemic strength down to epidemic strength so that it can then become manageable within your culture or your communities. We've always understood this, whether it was the Spanish flu or whether it was any other disease, we've understood this, that natural immunity and medical treatment work together in the mitigation of the spread of those diseases. But for some reason today, we are disparaging anybody who even wants to talk about natural immunity. We're shadow banning people who want to talk about natural immunity. We're silencing them. We're canceling them. We won't allow them to even publish their opinion pieces. I've talked to you about how I was shadow banned last week on my piece in the Washington Times because I dared to write a column on what? Oh, sin of all sins, evil of all evils. I wrote a column on natural immunity. I didn't write about Donald Trump. I didn't write about the GOP. I didn't write about voter fraud or any of these things that people want to tie conservatives to. 
I wrote about natural immunity, and whether you're progressive or whether you're liberal or whether you're a conservative or whether you're a libertarian, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All of you listening right now, regardless of your political stripes, should want to discuss the science of natural immunity. Why? Because it exists. It's real. It's part of, it's part of the actual world in which we live. We've known this. We've known this since the 1700s. If you research it, some will argue that the Chinese actually recognized at least certain components to this this science all the way back nearly a thousand years ago. Now, you can dispute that. That's not the point. The point is the knowledge, the basic scientific knowledge of natural immunity, that when you've had a disease, you somehow you somehow are immune to it later on. If you've survived a disease, somehow your body has built up immunities to it, a defense to it. You've got a firewall, if you will, that, that, that stops it, stops it from breaking through into the rest of your house because you already survived it. And as we've understood it and learned more about it, we now understand what is called antibodies and T-cells, and that when you survive a flu, for example, your body builds up antibodies, T-cells, against that flu, and therefore you won't get it again. And likewise is the case for COVID-19. Now, again, why in the world, if you're a progressive liberal, would you have any difficulty with me saying what I just said? And why, why would you presume to tell me to ignore all of that and take this medicine anyway? Because it'll be good for you. Even though, by definition, there's no longitudinal data to prove what the long-term effects of that medicine will be. For saying this, I've been banned. I've been shadow banned. I've been canceled. My words have been declared verboten by the smart folks like Joy Behar. Let's take a break. When we get back, I'll talk about me being shadow banned again. I'll give you the overview of that. And then Joy Behar's incredibly stupid statement and how it's very similar to Bette Midler's foolishness. Foolishness. And it's emblematic of the progressive left, of the Democrat mind, of those who think they know more than everybody else, of those science deniers that walk among us. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. I told you last week how I wrote my column for The Washington Times, and I wrote on the issue of natural immunity, and it started trending immediately. It was trending on the Hill. It was trending in my Apple News feed. And what that means is that it had caught hold. It had caught fire. It went viral. Um, I don't know how that happens. You don't know how that happens. Something automatically catches the public's attention and they start discussing it, forwarding it back and forth to one another. And social media makes it go viral. That happened with me on Not a Daycare. I've told you that three and a half million people at least that I know of read that article within a week or two. And then it was happening again on my article on natural immunity. And then all of a sudden it just disappeared and I contacted the Washington Times and I told them about it and um, they responded immediately and said, you've been shadow banned. 
Now, here I was writing on something that up until just, like I said, five seconds ago, was considered a basic component of Freshman Biology 101. I was talking about medical science, stuff we've known for centuries, literally, not just decades. And that natural immunity derived from pathogenic exposure is critical to disease mitigation and control. That's all I was saying. Why is that controversial? Why would anybody out there that's progressive left have difficulty with me saying that? We, that's, what, that's what we should be asking, scratching our head. Why? Why is that so controversial? I mean, we've known since at least the 1800s, at least since the 1800s, and some would argue even before, that when you contract, when you contract a virus and fight it off, your immune system does something, it encodes that information in a way that builds up immunity, a defense to the consequent sickness. I mean, we, we know this. We, that's where we get the word herd immunity. It's because mass exposure results in the majority of the people being immune to the disease, and therefore the disease just dies. The herd fends it off because the herd is now immune to the effects of that disease, and it downgrades from pandemic to epidemic status, and it becomes manageable, as I said. Uh, we, we live in a broken world. We've got stuff in our environment, viruses. We've got smallpox and the Spanish flu. We've got all this stuff that has vexed the human race since, well, let's just say the dawn of time, maybe. And now we have COVID-19, and all of a sudden we all are panicking like we didn't know any of this. Oh, my land, there are viruses out there. What are we going to do? Guess what? They've been there all along. And we didn't go dig a hole and hide ourselves in it or go hunker down in the nearest cave for fear of oh, getting sick. There are viruses in the air. There are airborne pathogens. Therefore, let's get a piece of paper and put it over our face and, and keep those pathogens from penetrating into our airways. That, that's essentially what we're doing. And for making this argument, this argument for freedom rather than this false sense of safety for our God-given freedoms, our self-evident truths that endow us with life and liberty and the ability to pursue purpose and happiness. We're throwing it all away and bowing at Big Brother's altar of collective care. For saying that in my column, I was shadow banned. I was shadow banned. Now, I, I want to remind you, I want to remind you that that means they're silencing you. And if that doesn't frighten you, if that doesn't scare you in, a, in an appropriate way, I mean, I'm not saying that you should run scared. And I do believe that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and that if you fear anything else as much as you fear the Lord or more than you fear the Lord, then you've got your priorities screwed up. And you don't need to fear much of anything if your fear of the Lord is in the right place, if you trust in his sovereignty. But in the in the human sense of, if this doesn't concern you, maybe I should use the word concern, greatly concern you. If the fact that people saying what I said are being shadow banned, 
Just talking about the science of natural immunity results in you being canceled and censored. Then, then I would argue your mind is a little dull and addled. Like I said, I don't care if you're a conservative, libertarian, independent, or just a apolitical pragmatist. This should worry you. And it should worry you more than all of the articles that you've read about COVID combined. The bottom line is they, whoever they are, are deciding what you can read and what you can't. They are controlling the information in the news. They, the big they. Who are they? I don't even know. They determine what articles will trend and what ones will be trashed. They seem to be in charge. They are managing the ideas. They will not permit anyone to read anything that they disapprove of. They are watching you. They are censoring you. They are silencing you and canceling you. They won't even let you write something about the scientific facts of natural immunity and publish it. Say something that they don't like in you? You all, my friends out there, you're verboten. Now, I want you to let that sink in for a minute or two. Just sift it around a bit. Think about it. Consider the import of everything I just said before you just move on. And check your iPhone. You know, I talked to you last week about Hitler's minister of propaganda, Joseph Goebbels. He was the minister of propaganda and public enlightenment. Remember the quote I shared with you? There are two ways to control people. You blast them with machine guns until they acknowledge the superiority of you, the one holding the weapon. But then there's another way, he said. You can transform the nation through the revolution of the spirit, i.e. the mind. In other words, what Goebbels was saying was this. You can control people with bullets and bombs, or you can control them even more effectively by manipulating the news they hear and the books they read. At the Nuremberg trials, Hitler's chief architect, Albert Speer, said this. What distinguished the Third Reich from all previous dictatorships was its use of all the means of communication to sustain itself and to deprive its objects of the power of independent thought, close quote. We do well to remember the words of George Santayana, Santayana again. I use them all the time on this show. Those who don't remember the past are condemned to repeat it. A paraphrase of Santayana, those who don't learn the lessons of history are doomed to repeat them. That, my friends, is the key issue of our time. Are we willing to learn from our past, from our past sins, our past mistakes? Or are we going to stumble into committing the same stupid things again? Consider the words of Joy Behar, where she actually came out this past week. She's 
one of the co-hosts of The View. I don't think I've ever watched the show. I've watched clips of it periodically. I don't watch it because it's so mind-numbingly stupid and, and so politically laden and so angry and vitriolic toward anybody who dares to raise their hand and question the progressive mindset, the mantra, the mindless mantra of the progressive left. If you dare to speak out against it, they mock you, they ridicule you, they say they won't tolerate you while they wave their banners of tolerance, they say that they hate you while they continue to shout with angry red faces that love Trump's hate. I mean, they're so hypocritical and self-refuting at every turn. I can't stand it. But it's like shooting fish in a barrel to respond to their stupidity. Case in point, Joy Behar on this whole issue of natural immunity and vaccinations. Uh, Joy Behar comes out this past Wednesday on The View, and she said that COVID-19 patients who are unvaccinated, in other words, if you're in the hospital and you're sick and you need medical care, because you've contracted COVID-19 and you're not vaccinated, that you, quote, don't deserve medical help because you've chosen your life choices. You've chosen. You've chosen not to get vaccinated. You've chosen, she says, to defy science. You've chosen, she says, to listen to lies. So you don't deserve medical care. They should refuse you. They should let you die. Uh, that's what she said. <laughs> that is actually what she said. Uh, now, I want you to stop and think about this. I want you to stop and think about what she is actually saying. The unsaid reality. Here's what she's saying. Take her logic to the next problem, if you will. What she just said is that LGBTQIA plus folks should not get medical care for HIV. They shouldn't because they've chosen they've they've chosen to ignore the science. The quantitative data that says if you engage in homosexual or trans behavior, that you are at much higher risk of contracting HIV and AIDS than you would be if you practice biblical sex. In fact, if you practice biblical sex, and that would be abstinence until marriage and having sex with only one person, and if the two of you practice the exact same thing prior to marriage and after marriage, then the odds of you ever getting AIDS or anything else are essentially zero. Oh, you say, well, you might get it through an intravenous uh, transaction. The infinitesimal odds, yes. But by and large, no one no one, I'll say it one more time, no one gets AIDS if they practice biblical sex. No one gets any STD if they practice biblical sex. That's the solution. I've said before, I can cure HIV. I can cure AIDS. I can cure STDs just by practicing biblical sex. Oh, that's crazy. That's outrageous. I can't believe you said that. Why? Why is it crazy? The data supports it. The science supports it. Forget the morality behind it, if you want. You could even claim that you don't believe in God, but you could acknowledge, as some people do, 
that somehow these Jews of days gone by stumbled across some scientific realities in their health codes, in their moral codes, their civil codes, actually served their culture well because they didn't get the diseases of the tribes around them. In fact, the book of Exodus says that you will get none of these diseases, quote-unquote, if you do what? Obey my laws, follow my commands, and practice a biblical life if you choose to live biblically. And if you choose, again, back to Joy Behar's words, if you choose to live live differently, if you choose to live differently, like LGBTQIA folks do, you've chosen to engage in a risky behavior that will statistically result in you having much greater odds of getting sick from stuff like HIV and AIDS than those who don't choose that behavior. And if you apply the same logic to other choices, for example, if you choose to drink a lot, oh, but I don't choose that, I'm an an addict. Well, you chose your first drink. You chose to get involved in alcohol use. My family has a history of multiple alcoholics within it. Therefore, if the argument that somehow it's a genetic predisposition to be an alcoholic is true, it might be smart for me to be a teetotaler. You think I can choose to stay away from that particular likelihood? So you can choose your sexual behavior, right? You're not an animal. You're not a dog. You don't have to follow your instincts. You're not defined by your habits, your appetites, your inclinations. You're something bigger and better than that. You have moral awareness and moral culpability. And Joy Behar is admitting that by virtue of chastising those people who do what? Choose to do differently than her. So she's just acknowledged, she's just elevated the issue of human choice and human culpability, moral responsibility. She's just elevated that and agreed and admitted that it's there, that we're different than the dog, the pig, the cat, the cow, or the virus. The virus doesn't choose, and many animals don't choose their behavior. They're governed by their instincts. So if LGBTQIA folks choose their behavior that makes them susceptible to disease at much greater percentages than those of us who don't engage in that behavior, who don't choose that behavior, then joy, shouldn't LGBTQIA folks be refused medical care to follow your logic, your COVID-19 logic, your COVID vaccination logic? And likewise, alcoholics, they've chosen to drink, should Hospitals refuse to give care to alcoholics. How about other drug users? Anybody that's using any other drug, uh, you name it, whatever it is, heroin, marijuana, anybody that's compromised their health because of drug use, opiates, should we refuse to give them medical care because of their choices? It was a choice. Nobody forced them to start abusing drugs. How about smokers? How about people that you know smoke cigarettes? Again, I've got people in my family that uh, 
have suffered the consequences of smoking too much. Now, I chose not to smoke, but I've been around by my choice, people who do. So even though I chose not to smoke, I've chosen to engage with people that do smoke, so I've been subjected to secondhand smoke. Should I be refused medical care if I develop lung cancer because I chose to inhale secondhand smoke? And how about philanderers, those that, you know, they may be married, but they choose to be unfaithful to their spouse, and therefore they're having sex with more than one person, and they're subjecting themselves to what? STDs. They've been around for a long time, folks. Long time. Long time. They're out there. So are we all going to refuse medical care to philanderers, those people that have, oh, you know, like Bill Clinton, Should we refuse him medical care if he has an STD? Yeah, I'm just curious. Should we? How about AOC? You know, she's not married. She lives with her boyfriend. Should we refuse her medical care? Has she she compromised her body? It's none of my business, but I guess we're making it our business because we're now saying that hospitals should refuse to give treatment to those who have made bad choices. Right, Joy? right? This is how stunningly stupid these people are. This is how incredibly dumb, incredibly dumb they are. And here's a, here's one. I've got to do it in two minutes or less here. A guy on Tulsa Rhinos, his name is Harold Skip Morgan. I mean, when I said this, when I said this on radio and in writing, his response was, It's past time for us to put our foot down on these deniers that are crippling our country, these COVID deniers, these people that won't get vaccinated. If it weren't for them, this pandemic would be behind us now. (laughs) He actually said that. So he's agreeing with Joy Behar. And I responded to Harold Skip Morgan, and I said, it sounds stunningly like something Goebbels would say about the Jews, doesn't it? I mean, it's past time for us to put our foot down on these people that are crippling our country. If it weren't for them, if it weren't for them, this this economic downfall, this, this situation that we find ourselves in as a country would be behind us now. That's what Goebbels said. I suggested to my friend Harold that he might want to read a bit of history. Maybe start with George Santayana. I could share with you more of what Harold said. Bottom line is he doesn't even respond because of the duplicity and the hypocrisy of their worldview, of their position. And, you know, Bette Midler is saying that the best thing is to go on a sex strike. Well, that's a good idea. If you don't want to take responsibility for a baby, then yeah, maybe go on a sex strike. It's called abstinence. It's called a biblical worldview, Bette. And Joy, you know... How many of us get sick because of poor choices? What percentage of human disease is the result of choices that we've made that we shouldn't have made? Guess what? A lot of them. Probably the majority. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.